This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It's Wednesday, June 12th, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz, a daily podcast catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news, all within 15 minutes or fewer. My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm joined on the other line this and every weekday by 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor, Trey Scott. Trey, what's good? Good morning, everybody. Uh, Please report 73 more days until the start of the season. That seems like a lot, but if you want to feel better about it, just uh, 21 prime numbers between now and the start of college football season. I, uh, I missed the math class on that one, Connor. But yeah, 73, 21 prime numbers, however, whatever you want to say about it. We are clearly in the desert of the college football offseason. And the story of the day and the story of the week is Kevin Durant's devastating Achilles injury, which he suffered Monday night in Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Durant, of course, had not played in a month after suffering a calf injury in the same right leg. Warriors GM Bob Myers was pretty emotional when he said Durant was clear to play Monday night. And of course, Durant himself had to be comfortable putting himself into the game. But there's been plenty of noise that, given the gravity of the situation down 3-1 to the Raptors and with his legacy said to be on the line, that Durant was pressured either from outside by the media or from maybe within by the Warriors organization and his locker room to put that compromised right leg on the line itself. Disaster struck. So does this change the college football conversation about how we view players coming back from injury? Connor, that's kind of what I've been thinking about all, all all day and it starts start how we created this podcast idea. We're not exactly in the rub some dirt on it kid era, but we're just one year removed from the death of Maryland lineman Jordan McNair, who was hospitalized and then died from heat stroke two weeks after an offseason football workout. Connor, that brings us to Kansas and the school's decision to place some qualified accountability on its strength and conditioning coaches. That's right. On May 22nd, a release uh, went out that said uh, University of Kansas Athletic and Strength and Conditioning Personnel will now report directly to medical professionals in a move that the school says is the first of its kind in the country. Uh, In all, 40 Kansas trainers, doctors and nutritionists, as well as the strength staff that previously reported to KU Athletic Director Jeff Long, now report to medical staff at the University of Kansas Health System and Lawrence Memorial Hospital Health. The new combined entity will be called the Kansas Team Health. Uh, Kansas says that this will minimize the potential conflict of interest between coaches and sports medicine staff. So that sounds pretty good, but we've got some questions about how that might all work. So to help us answer some of those, Trey, we are now bringing in Scott Chasen of Fog.net. Scott, as as far as you know, is this shakeup in response to anything specific that happened at Kansas or was rumored to have happened to Kansas? Or is this just kind of an issue where Kansas is looking around at the Jordan McNair situation, at uh, the rhabdomyolysis incident at Oregon a couple years ago and saying, hey, maybe this is an area where we need to be a leader? Well, I think that's a great question. And uh, Jeff Long, K's athletic director, was actually asked about that shortly after uh, this initiative was uh, announced. And what he said was that absolutely there was nothing 
uh, at Kansas, at least in his words, that mostly that led to it. It was mostly the uh, look around. He didn't name any specific incidents, and he even said it wasn't specifically Maryland, uh, but it was just incidents across college athletics that I think would call it into question. And uh, I think all of us, any of us who have been to even even down to high school games, maybe it's a little less common at the collegiate level, but uh, I mean, anyone who played high school sports or, or has even gone to games has seen times where maybe a guy gets hit really hard or something goes back into a game and you're kind of wondering, should that guy be going back in there? And I think the thought here was that KU could be a kind of leader in saying, hey, the coaches aren't going to have any power to really direct these officials uh, or these trainers, these health staff, these type of things. Uh, again, even if nothing particularly or specifically happened with the KU staff. Scott, I know it's only been a month, so this is maybe a what do you expect, not what is. But the day-to-day involvement is something I'm I'm curious about. Like, for instance, the workouts, the off-season workouts, will the medical staff at the hospital be formulating these? Will they have to approve those? Do you sense sort of that the strength and conditioning coaches, it's standard operating procedure, they just have different bosses uh, kind of take us into that. Well, I think a general sense of this is that it, there will be kind of, it, it, it'll be business as usual to an extent, but there will be kind of medical staff that are overseeing aspects of the training schedule or overseeing how things work. And, and my understanding, at least the way it was explained to me, is that certain aspects will have to be clear. And uh, again, I think it's probably good done with the idea of just making sure that nothing bad happens. Like, again, obviously the Maryland situation was a very extreme uh, kind of version of that, at least it appeared to be. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it changes life for them too much. I don't think every single decision a strength and conditioning coach and all these people make will will have to go through someone else. But I think probably the biggest change is I just – even if it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not just visual because it's, it's changing it. It's not just the image of this and uh, an image of a program being run the, the right way, but it's the idea that no one can put pressure on these medical professionals, these trainers, these anything, even if it's internal pressure, even if they're just thinking, I know this team needs this guy, so I'm going to do what it, you know, what it takes to, to clear him or whatever. I think that's probably the biggest change. But again, uh, you would hope that people involved in college athletics wouldn't be doing things like that. And there's certainly been no indication that it's been happening. But I think that's probably the biggest change. Scott, um, do you does this does this reorganization change like who's making the hiring and firing decisions on athletic trainers and strength coaches well, for that matter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's and, and why this was so revolutionary, at least according to Jeff Long, is because it included the strength and conditioning coaches, right? Like, that's a, a coaching staff position that is now no longer a coaching position, basically. I mean, it's still by name a coach, but now it's part of that medical team that you mentioned in the Kansas Team Health. So, uh, at least the way it was explained, it would probably end up being some kind of a joint decision if that uh, a change is to be made. Now, obviously, a coach will have a lot of say there, and if the coach feels like there needs to be a change to the staff, obviously, a, a coach can usually meet with his athletic director or, or, or her athletic director, and they can make that decision. But it does seem like there will be uh, some elements on the other side that uh, a coach can't necessarily just go out and say, I'm unhappy with the health aspects of my strength and conditioning coach. I don't feel like those aspects are there without at least some consideration from the medical side. So I think it puts a check and balance on it in, in that way. And that's really kind of the part that makes it different. I mean, how many times, uh, you know, can, can you say across college athletics that a coaching staff member, an assistant coach, someone who's spending time in practice, you know, isn't 
really reporting to the coach anymore. Obviously, you know, Les Miles and Bill Self and these people will still have a lot of say, uh, but the really, it, it will, I, I think, change that aspect of it. And, uh, you know, in, in some cases, if this became a trend across college athletics, I, I could imagine there being times when a coach maybe wanted to make a change and uh, people stepped in and said, you know, maybe, maybe not, that's not the right move. Interesting stuff, and it really will be fascinating to see if this is a trend that catches on. Uh, Scott Chasen covers the Kansas Beat for 24-7 Sports and Fog.net. You can find him on Twitter at Chasen Scott. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. All right, Trey, so what do you think? Is this a step in the right direction? Is this just kind of window dressing? What do you think? It's, it's definitely a step in the right direction, and I think liability plays a big part here. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, that's that's a great point. It, it yeah, almost certainly does. Remove the liability. What I want to know and what I'm going to be interested in seeing is the level of involvement, and college football coaches might call it meddling. You have a player. He's going through concussion protocol, or maybe he's got an ankle that's okay but not quite great. Those kind of things, wh- where does the bucks stop? Because I think that's where college athletes outside of the extremes of a Jordan McNair are most at risk is when they're maybe being, hey, you know, I, I, no one's ever going to ever admit that they are being forced to play. College coaches will never admit that. But if you don't think there's a little bit of an implication that, hey, you're OK, you should get out there. If you don't think that's happening, your head's in the sand. So I want to know I want to know how that changes. All right, Trey, it is now time to go hurry up, no huddle through a few news nuggets from around the college football world. We'll start things off with Michigan transfer wide receiver Oliver Martin uh, ends up at Iowa. He'll have two years to play after sitting out this fall, but the family might be working on a waiver. Martin was a four-star member of Michigan's loaded 2017 wide receiver class. Aaron Rodgers made a seven-figure donation to Cal to renovate the locker room and start a scholarship fund in his name, that will be awarded to a junior college player. That's pretty cool. Rodgers, of course, came to Cal via Butte Juco before becoming a superstar and a future first-round pick and one of the GOATs to ever do it. A big blow to TCU's 2019 class. Linebacker Dylan Jordan, the number 196 player in the top 24-7, will be enrolling at a Juco this fall rather than suiting up for the Horned Frogs. He says he will go, still go to TCU in two years. USC has... Wait for it officially announced the addition of usc slash texas transfer brew mccoy the number nine recruit in the country one of the best receiver prospects the last several years connor that's really all i have to say about that one man tough run for you with with brew and kd man it's just been tough stuff for trey scott um that is going to do it for today's episode of the 24 7 sports morning blitz if you enjoyed what you heard Make sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to check us out. For Trey Scott, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you bright and early on Thursday for the next edition of the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 